Hello and welcome to the Big Review Ski with me, Owen and Rory and a wolf. Rory, there's a wolf somewhere. Watch out. I'm just thinking of all the people who might be playing this, like not on their yeah. headphones, but through a speaker uh-huh. and they've, you've, you've caused uh, every dog in the area to lose its mind. It's pretty it's, good, isn't it? It's, it's good, not, good it's, wolf howling. It's pretty good. You know who else does a uh, pretty good wolf howl? Go on. George McKay, who... <gasps> who is one of the people we're talking to today for this new movie, Wolf. Uh, and the whole movie is set with... It was filmed in Ireland during the lockdown, first of all. Uh, and it's set within a compound where teenagers are sent to uh, a, a doctor who's played by Paddy Considine. Uh, and they're all suffering from something within the movie called Species Identity Disorder. So they all are born human, but believe that inside they're actually animals. So George McKay believes he's a wolf, and Lily Rose Depp is in there. She believes she is a cat. Uh, Fiona Shea, who people know from Normal People, uh, thinks he's a German Shepherd. Uh, Lola Pettigrew, who you'll also be ta- uh, we'll be talking to in a moment, um, believes she's a parrot. So for the entire film, she just repeats what other people say. Nice. Um, so yeah, so all these people believe they are uh, animals. And we were offered these interviews, and I knew immediately... I was, I was like, I can only imagine how many times each and every one of them must have been asked, what animal do you really believe? What, what animal? What animal do you believe do you, you would be? You would be. Not in the movie. You pick one. I'm talking about real life. What animal? What animal do you... Uh, but but do having you said that, oh, yeah. Doherty. Yeah. What animal do you what believe do you? you most closely relate to? That I most closely, something that is close to death, I imagine. So I'm thinking an old dog, oh. maybe blind in one. I mean, like we're talking about, you know, when you meet one of those dogs and their owners are still taking them out for their walks, but they're, they're shuffling like about three meters. Relating to them. ailments rather than it, Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Was that not mm. the question? Animal ailments. But uh, where they're like shuffling along, they manage to make it to the end of the road and they kind of sigh a lot. Their bellies down near the ground. They're kind of like, oh, oh, Jesus, I'm just going to go home, I think. And they go home and they lie down and they get a couple of treats and they fall asleep. And listen, they go again the next day. So I think some kind of old, sad old dog would, would be good. What about you? I uh, now remember, sad old dog is taken. You can't. That's my one. Yeah, there's just that. the one of those in the world. Yeah, uh, I don't know, like something fun, like a like a dolphin. You know, just People going. Always out. go for dolphin. Yeah, they've got those blowholes. You know. Okie dokie. Let's. This is a fucking family friendly program. Moving it's this. Never. Thing. Anyway, wolf. Wolf. It's not once has this ever been friendly for any family. So. Wolf is coming out in cinemas. This is a cinema release. It is, yeah. It's coming to cinemas Friday, 18th of March. So what a fantastic way to celebrate your St. Patrick's Day festival weekend. Uh, no snakes in the movie. And also no snakes in Ireland. So here we are. Uh, thanks for that, Patty. Um, yeah, so up first, you're going to hear from Fiona O'Shea and Lola Pettigrew, who uh, you'll know individually from their own stuff, but also previously they co-starred together in a, a prime video Irish movie called Dating Amber. Um, and here to get together again um, in this, and to specifically together again in this interview. So there are clearly real-life BFFs, which is adorable. 
Uh, yes, you're going to hear the two of them talk about their parts in this movie. And also, both of them have some very intriguing, huge projects coming up next uh, that they, you know, enticingly tease out, which is, which is good. Lovely stuff. This is Roy chatting to Fiona Shea and Lola Bettigrew. Fiona and Lola, how are you about doing today? Great. Very good. Thank you. Here. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, pleasure to talk to you about today. Congratulations on the movie, first of all. Um, one of the things that like immediately struck out to me was uh, I could never be in this film. There's a level <laughs> <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a level of I can't think of a better word for it, but like a total lack of embarrassment that you have to have mm -hmm. to do some of the scenes in this. Mm -hmm. um, was that difficult? Because I know like acting is essentially like having to be a certain way, like without you know, all these concerns, but there are particular scenes in this that you do have to go hell for leather 100% with no kind of concern of how you might look or sound or act or anything like that. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, were you going to... No, you just been funny. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think I think one thing that was really important for, for that was, um, first of all, all the kind of movement workshops with Terry Notary, who's incredible, um, and, and also the rehearsal period that we had, that we, we rehearsed for the two weeks. Yeah. For, yeah. Um, for two weeks before. So um, any kind of, um, I guess, any maybe embarrassment that someone might have or, or kind of um, unwillingness to completely throw yourself in was gone within the first few hours of the rehearsal. I think our first rehearsal was a four and a half hour yeah. improv. So any of that was completely um, out the window. But also um, kind of Nat and, and George, um, you know, set the tone of the whole thing. And, and they, uh, from the very moment, threw themselves in. Nat was a, uh, was a fish in the rehearsal. Um, so they completely threw themselves <laughs> in. So it made everyone just feel completely, uh, yeah, completely at ease. Yeah, I don't think anybody's like acting credentials is like can play a parrot or can play a, a German shepherd. But like Fionn said, like George set the tone. He was like our little pharaoh, like our leader. And and he completely like um, allowed everybody to be if he wasn't as wild as he was when he first came in. And especially working with somebody like George, it can be easy to sort of feel kind of afraid. Um, but he really threw himself in. And so it gave everybody else permission. And I think we all went for it. And yeah, and, and we knew that the film needed that, so and and our hearts were in the film, so made it easier. Yeah, we had also had lockdown of like I, I when we 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 were isolating, there was like friends of my parents who'd seen me uh, on all fours, like a uh, dog <laughs> on a on a beach. So uh, any embarrassment was definitely gone when my gone. parents were getting a phone call, being like, I don't know if your son is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, and not even uh, George. Like you had some incredible scenes in this with Paddy, who was like a just a masterclass upon himself like he, everything mm -hmm. he's in from comedy to, to action to to yeah. drama like he's phenomenal and you both have some individual traumatic scenes with him and then there's that group shot which was just staggering mm -hmm. to watch him interact with everyone individually yeah like when you're acting with someone of that caliber it, it, do you often just find yourself kind of taking a step back to go right let's see how like literally the best of the best performs and kind of learn from that yeah, I mean, I, I definitely learned a, a lot from Paddy. He's he's amazing and and such a huge fan of of his and yeah. um yeah, I mean in maybe in those scenes it, it kind of uh, you wouldn't necessarily be taken out of it because um there's so much going on mm. and and everything but but certainly um kind of when 
you know, we were on set and he was maybe doing something and uh, we were uh, on the side or whatever. Um, he, he's incredible. And, and um, yeah, he, it is like a masterclass watching him. So, um, yeah, I definitely learned, learned a lot from him. And from the start of watching the film all the way through, I felt like I was going on a, a bit of a journey of understanding the potential different levels of subtext and metaphor and allegory. Like there's a lot that can be read into it and there's a lot that people might bring to it themselves, like to take away from it. But from, from when, say, the script first arrived to seeing the finished film, did you yourselves notice like, oh, this is what I thought it might have meant but it's changed to what I think it might mean now. I think that's what's really great about this film is that it's sort of whatever you bring to it um, because the themes are so universal. Really, the themes of the film are having the independence and and autonomy to live your truth and, and be authentic, whatever that means in your life. And that's something that everybody can sort of um, understand. And so I think for us, we always knew that that's what it was and we were all bringing our own things to it. And, mm. and I think that's, that's sort of resonated with a lot of people. And, and yeah, I think, I think that really sums it up is that everybody can bring whatever they want to it and, and take something from it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that lots of people um, kind of um, leave maybe taking different things from, um, from the film. And that's something that's really exciting for us too, is that people can, can talk about it and talk about maybe the differences and what they took from, from certain scenes and everything. I, uh, a couple of months back, could be a year, I've no concept of time anymore, but <laughs> I chatted to uh, Lily Rose Depp for, mm -hmm. a, for a different movie that she was in and we chatted actually about this film and she said she had a fantastic time with the cast and crew and everyone. But since it was filmed during lockdown, like, were you almost arguing, like, we promise, under normal circumstances, Ireland is super fun. If you come over <laughs> yeah, she and has. film under normal We've got a road trip planned. We're going to take yeah. Lils all across, because she didn't get a no, proper she had the experience. most niche Irish experience. <laughs> yeah, the Marine Hotel, She really. saw Dublin Airport and the Marine Hotel. Yeah. They were the two things. And that's, I love both of those places. places. Sure. But, um, but, yeah, her experience was very... Um, yeah, very, very unique. So, yeah, yeah, we do. We have a road trip planned. We're going to take her she's all gonna come over and, yeah, yeah. We're going we're gonna to drive around the country. <laughs> nice. Uh, I can't let you both get away without asking about future stuff. Uh, I'm going to come to yourself first. Tuesday, mm -hmm. Julie Louis-Dreyfus, literally one of my favourite people yeah. in the entire world. Yeah, she's so incredible. how excited are you for that? Uh, it was such a blast to shoot. I think she came into the room in the first rehearsal and I... Genuinely never thought I would be a cliche, but I was like pinching myself under the table. I was like, please impress this woman. Um, but it was a joy and, and I adore the film so much. And, and it's always been like sort of like a dream to work with A24. So and, and they were just like, I mean, beyond what I thought. And and I'm really proud of the film. And, and again, it was another sort of um, lockdown film experience. Um, so I'm very excited for people to see that when it comes out. And we can't not talk about you potentially working or kind of working, I guess, with Steven Spielberg for, according to IMDb, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. IMDb air. doesn't lie. Um, no. uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we've just finished um, Masters of the Air, uh, uh, which um, will be out um, at a time that I'm actually not allowed to say, so I, I'm going to uh, rescind okay. the sentence. Um, but, um, it will be out. 
Full stop. I, I hope, I hope so. Um, but yeah, I, it was amazing. And I was such a huge fan of, of so many of the people involved and, and um, yeah, getting to, to work with, with Carrie Fukunaga and, and, um, and, and Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks producing uh, was, yeah, mind blowing. So um, yeah, I'm very excited for it. Uh, to come out and lots of Irish people on it too mm. which was cool Barry. we yeah, were shooting Barry at the same and, time and actually Anthony in London Boyle. we yeah. shot Tuesday and you were shooting Masters of Air at the same time in London so yeah it was like are we ever going to leave each other's side I don't think so I hope yeah. not I hope not <laughs> thank you so much for your time today thank you thank you, thank you so you. much Val I know that Julie Louis-Dreyfus is unbelievable but mm. I am so excited about Spielberg's follow-up to Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Now, the Pacific, I wasn't fussed on at all, but Band of Brothers is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And then the fact that Fiona Shea is actually going to be in it as well is just, like, the two of these are just going to be massive stars. Yeah, like in uh, Masters of the Air, he's also in it with Barry Keoghan, and I think his name was Anthony Boyle, um, who was in some other... Oh, yeah, he was in... uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child on Precisely, Broadway. yeah. yeah. Uh, and he's been in other, like, small parts of movies and TV shows, but I think this could be the one that, like, properly explodes him uh, to international audiences. Um, and then, yeah, Lola working with Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who, you know, is someone I'm just absolutely adore. So, yeah, the two of them are going to do fantastic work. Um, up next, we're going to hear from, and I so apologise if I'm mispronouncing this. Go on, say sorry, go on. Uh, Natalie Bianchetti. And I really wanted to lean into the potential accent. I'm not even, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so she is the writer and director of Wolf. So this all came from her mind. And she had to make this during the lockdown. But thankfully, she was surrounded by some, you know, when you've got Paddy Considine on your cast list, I think you're in safe hands because he's never not good. He is legitimately just one of the best actors out there. And then she's got this fantastic young cast of proper uh, up-and-coming talent. So, yeah, this is Natalie talking about uh, creating and filming and working with uh, all the people involved in Wolf. Who is it again, Roy? Just just one more time, what's your name again? Natalie Bianchetti. Oh, si, si. Perfecto. <sighs> Natalie, how are you doing today? Not too bad, thank you. Uh, first question, um, perhaps more than most films I've seen recently was having the difficulty of having to strike a particular tone in this because if you veer even one degree one way or the other this could become a comedy this could become an outright horror but you 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 balance and walk the line that is a particular kind of tone how difficult was that was it was it all in shooting did you find a lot of it in the edits I think you know, it's a really it's a really interesting and complex question about tone because I think it's also the thing that most divides people with the film, that mm. the fact that there are elements of, of humor, which I always felt from, from the moment of writing it because mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it, the, the, it just is intrinsic to the situation, but it's also intrinsic to everyday life. I mean, hu- humor comes from everything that we do if you, if you have that lens on, but also always feeling huge empathy towards those characters. So... I maybe should have thought about it more as a sort of, you know, precise line that I was following. But actually, the way I approached, I knew I didn't want to make a horror in general. So that I never felt like I was going to. And in fact, I I was very careful, with, how, especially with how I filmed 
uh, George Jacob. So even when we were planning cameras, you know, we thought maybe a steady cam initially to really capture his wolf side, but immediately it said horror, horror, you know, because it just kind of really reinforced that, but not in a sort of textured animalistic way but rather yeah. in this kind of like no 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 kind of way and it's yeah. like no no so with horror i just knew alarm bells with that to be honest with comedy i never i never shied away from it maybe maybe to my detriment i don't know as in it's the again i think it's some a point of controversy um but i you know i always just embraced i felt what was like true to the script and true to the situation and um and I just try to really be like honest and loving with my characters, which I always felt, you know, for e- like felt a lot of love for each of them and thought, you know, that will guide me, you mm-hmm. know, and then and that's the result. And just in terms of the the supporting characters in this and the 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 animals that they identify with, yes. let's say, throughout, what was the process in choosing the animals that they kind of represented? Was that something you must have put a lot of thought into since like this is the panda person, this is the horse person, like, or was it kind of a bit more free-flowing than that? It's so funny because I often think about this now, which is like in the edit, you spend hours, days, choosing like whether it's going to be a fragment of the second more, a frame less, a frame this, you know, and there's such specificity. And then when you're writing, at least like the first stages, it's just like completely random, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least with me, you know, maybe too much actually. But I actually, honestly, I just chose those characters. Like, it was a very playful film to write. Like, mm-hmm. I had this like first idea that I'd put down on paper, and then when I started developing it, I was like, oh, you know, I think he's a German Shepherd. I think he's a. And then actually, then the process was working backwards and being like, okay, so if he's a squirrel, and when I started fleshing them out and not having just bones, then, you know, why is he a squirrel? And what would make him a squirrel? And what are his. And sort of sometimes working against the animal that they'd chosen. And sometimes, for example, with German Shepherd's case, very much working toward. Like, German Shepherd definitely feels he's a German Shepherd because yeah. he wants to be loved like a dog would be loved, you know, and needs that validation and is just begging to be stroked, you know. So, so you know, and with Duck. For example, when I was developing his character, unfortunately, it's a lot has been cut in the film, but in, he actually has a speech impediment and actually quacking is the only thing that he can do. Oh, wow. And so, unfortunately, there was a scene which sort of explained that, but, um, but, it, but it, was, it was shortened finally. And, uh, and you know, so, so then it was, so there were so many different, like, mm-hmm. iterations of discovering those characters. And just one final question, if that's okay. Yes. Uh, casting George. Mm. Like, what was the process of, knowing he was exactly who you wanted for this role because this is such a multifaceted layered character and you like everything kind of hinges not that the supporting cast don't pull their way as well but like everything hinges on him getting it absolutely right so when it came to casting him how did you know you're like yes i found my guy for this to be honest i was like blessed by the heavens that he was so right because of course, I knew like I knew he was a phenomenal actor, and I knew he was also very physically versatile because he'd done Ned Kelly, which mm-hmm. was you know incredibly challenging, and you know just practice on horse. So that I think was like already, and then I knew he was very very disciplined, very committed, so that he'd commit to the. So there was a lot of let's say crutches for me to have faith, but I didn't. You know, I had been doing a lot of auditions, and I hadn't found the right person, and so with George, I didn't get him to. To tape, it was asking him to do it. So it did really feel like a bit of a, a jump in the darkness. You know, I, I felt like I, I have like, you know, a lot of confidence, but I don't know as a certainty. So 
again, I think, you know, it's just testament to how unbelievable he is as an actor and as a human being in general, that he came on this journey with me. And I was also very honest to him. I said, I don't fully know this character, you know, so we have to discover him together. So it was a... It's really, it's been like more than anything I've done, and I think I think he would say similarly, such a journey of discovering, and such a different one, because we started with the movement. We started with him behaving like a wolf, and then we discovered his boy side. So until he had felt what it feels like to like use his knuckles instead of his hands, the, the discomfort of being on all fours, on all terrains, it's really, really physically challenging. Mm -hmm. Until we felt that and what, what that meant and what the connection to earth or sound or smell meant, before that we didn't touch his, his boy side at all. So it was like the inverse of an intellectual process. It was really, really interesting. Fantastic. Natalie, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Up next, Roy, Italian heartthrob. Joe, can we pronounce his name as well? Hardhead McKay. <laughs> oh, that was his Boras. <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was Jorge. amazing. <laughs> Jorge, of course. Uh, for everybody, we'll just translate as George. That's what we're going for, isn't mm -hmm. it? Yes, George, George McKay, McKay, who uh, I realized just before we chatted for this, he was one of my final in-person interviews before uh, the world effectively came to an end for yes. 1917 which was released uh, right at the about end About 1917, <laughs> it feels like about that long ago. Super accurate. Uh, but yeah, so he got to come to Ireland and film this and work on... Because he is, a, like... His character in this is someone who really doesn't want to have what he perceives to be this affliction and he, want, he actually wants to be cured of it. But he you know, whenever he's left alone, he fully kind of physicalizes what he believes to be his true form. So he's walking around for a lot of this film on the palms of his hands and his his knuckles are like rolled in. So he's walking in what look like wolf paws and and like his whole body structure has to kind of change a bit because uh, wolves don't, like if you get on your hands and hands, not even knees, but like hands and feet, like your, your back's out of weird. I am. I know you are. I am not. You're old because yeah. your back's been old. put out for so long. <laughs> but your back's like arched open, your neck is down, and whereas that's just not how, uh, you know, wolves walk. So he has to like change his whole body physicality just to kind of match how a wolf would actually walk. It's it's very impressive. And there's some points in the movie where it is, it is you're probably like, oh, that must have, at the end of the day, you can only imagine him standing up straight and going, oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> so... He talks uh, a good bit about the pain that he, the actual physical pain he had to endure in order to get that across. And also, one of the big stars in this, Lily Rose Depp, who we did not talk to for this, but we did talk to previously, and it's on the big reviews, if you go back in time and listen to those interviews, for a movie called Voyagers. Yes. And she talked about, uh, you know, having to film uh, Wolf in Ireland, but of course she didn't get to really enjoy Ireland during a, a lockdown. So she saw like Dublin Airport and one hotel, and that was kind of a... So, Fionn and Lola have invited Lily Rose Depp over to Ireland for an, a road trip. You would have heard that during the interview earlier. And I asked, uh, I asked George if he was invited on this road trip too. That's happening this year. Uh oh! And uh, uh, you'll have to hear George's <laughs> response. <laughs> Okay, I can't wait to hear this. This is Rory. Uh, just really ruining George McKay's life here. <laughs> can't wait. George, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm going well, thank you. Yourself? Uh, really good, really good. Pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, first shot in this movie is, no spoilers, <laughs> but you naked in the woods. Yeah. So 
immediately this movie is leaving an impression. Right. <laughs> when you got the script, did, was it like kind of the same thing? Was it? Did it? What was? I guess what were your first impressions when you got it initially? <laughs> actually, the nakedness in the woods wasn't in the script to begin it with. Actually, that was something that we found in rehearsals, and kind of then something that we shot for another point in the film. And then Natalie in the edit was like, "We found the way to begin it. It needs to start with him in the woods." Um, but in terms of the script, I think just the um, it, it, the script is beautiful, but the kind of beautiful impossibility of his situation and all the possibility of trying to figure that out as as an actor was what drew me to it. You know, being a wolf, but in a man's body, and mm -hmm. that kind of discordance is um, was was just fascinating and such an opportunity to to explore. There's one scene in particular that, like, as I was watching it, I, I found myself leaning forward to see if I could notice something because. Mm -hmm. It's it's you on all fours coming through the hallway, yeah. and it's it's gone from light to dark. Yeah. And the first time you go completely into dark, I for a second thought they had replaced you with a wolf. Ah, because great. It, the the silhouette was was perfect. So I, I was leaning forward to see if I was like, did they are they kind of trying to trick us into thinking like this is what's actually happening? So I was really impressed by the physicality of it, but. Ah. That must have hurt as <laughs> yeah. well. Like at the end of the days, we were like, uh, there's not, no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shaky, shaky shoulders. I remember that when we were sort of running out of time at the end of that day. And we sort of like just, I was like, let's just do one more take where we just run until the camera goes out. So we were kind of just going back and forth, back and forth. Um, so yeah, it was kind of tiring, but yeah, I'm, I'm so, we, the crew, we, we put so much work into the crew. So I'm, I'm really pleased that you kind of, yeah, that it has, it has the effect it was meant to. Um, but yeah, it was was kind of tiring. Knuckles with a sore bit. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think that was the scene that I noticed the first time that it was, that's how you were that's on the, the ground. Way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was looking back, because you were one of my last pre-pandemic interviews, yourself yeah. and Dean for 1917. Right, right. Um, so you, you're kind of, like, this is us in person, chatting yeah. again. So you're, you've experienced, like, how it was filming this in a pandemic and mm. now chatting about something outside of it. And you yeah. must, whatever your next project is, is going to be feeling a bit freer yeah. into filming as well. Like, I, yeah. do, have you as an actor noticed the huge kind of energy differences between filming something in that pandemic to filming now under kind of with a sense of relief or release? It's a good question. I think it's, I think it's maybe still too soon to get sort of full perspective on it. I think there's there's one thing which the pandemic was difficult is the level of separation because of bubbles and mm. things like that where certain you know groups have to remain more separate just the day-to-day -day thing of working with people and not seeing all of their face for most of the day but that said i think the the relief that you speak of that we might be looking towards now that things are a bit more open was similar in terms of we hadn't been able to go to work at all. So even if it meant being in full PPE and socially distanced just to be on set again, there was an equivalent kind of relief to be back with each other. And it felt so much more connected than the lockdown we've been, you know, had been used to just before. So I, I think it will, um, it will be new, but it will, it's an equivalent sense of relief, I think. And just one last question. I was chatting to uh, Fionn earlier on and was telling them that Previously, I had chatted to Lily Rose Depp for a different movie and how filming this movie under those particular circumstances, she didn't get to see the best of Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they've invited her over for a road trip around yeah. Ireland. Yeah. Are you also invited to that road trip? I'm very disappointed here. This is the first I've heard of it. Oh, so no. I might, I might just turn up on like a little... <laughs> 
I don't know, a motorbike with an empty sidecar and just be like, guys. I'm I, here too. I'm, I'm here too. <laughs> I'm no longer a wolf. I can, I can hang out. Absolutely. Um, no, I, I feel um, I just caught up with the guys. I think I could, I think I could join on, but um, I think you I'm going to guilt trip them now. You know. A literal guilt trip. Yeah, literally. Perfect. It will be called The Guilt Trip. We will make a road <laughs> movie out of it called The Guilt Trip about an ousted wolf who wants to hang out with fellow animals. <laughs> Fantastic. George, thanks so much. All right. Yeah, thank you, man. Oh, I can't believe, I can't believe you outed Fionn and Lily Rose Depp and Lola to George and they thought the three of them were just going to have a class road trip and they didn't invite him unless they were going to surprise him. They weren't going to surprise him. They just didn't invite him. No. But like... Maybe don't tell a journalist if you don't want <laughs> if you don't want the world to know. Uh, Wait, were they talking to journalists as well? They oh well, they were talking in front of a camera with a man in the room. So uh, <laughs> at no point did they say any of this was off the record. So it's kind of on them. Fair. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so this uh, new Irish movie. It is a, an Irish co-production. Is in Irish cinemas on Friday, eighteenth of March. It had its debut during the Dublin Film Festival last week or the week before. Uh, but general audiences can get along to it uh, this coming weekend with all those stars and that right-hand director and more power to them. Lovely stuff. Uh, Wolf in Irish Cinemas, 18th of March. Right, listen, I need to go. My owner wants to take me for a walk just to the end of the street again. Oof. Roy, I know you need to go and mess around with those blowholes again. And yeah. thank you to Sound Paul on Sound as well. Thank you to everybody what? for listening. Um, what? What? What, what animal what? do we think what? Sound Paul on Sound is? Sound Paul on Sound? Okay, well, let's if we go through like three characteristics. He's lovely. No, I said Sound Paul on Sound. Oh yeah, he's horrible. Awful, yeah. The worst. Yeah, the Probably worst. Yeah. The worst animal. I don't know. Sound Paul I bet you Sound Paul and Sound's the kind of person who already has an animal in mind. Do you want to jump in, Sound Paul and Sound? And do you have an animal? Oh, I'm a gorilla for sure. You are a gorilla. Not a gorilla. You're a Capuchin no, you're not monkey. A gorilla. You're the monkey you from Outbreak. What is Timon in, in um the Lion King? He, he's a meerkat. Timon's a meerkat. That's yeah. it. That's what I probably. Yeah. That, oh that. my god! You're just not an animal expert. I'm a gorilla, like one of those gorillas in the Lion King, like Timon. What an idiot! <laughs> That's why Sound Paul is on sound. Rory, thank you as ever. <laughs> uh, we will see everybody else the next time. Bye bye. I'm I coming bet. for the walk, man. Bye.